G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our privilege to be able to check in with Family Voice Australia this time on a Thursday. David DeLima is the Family Voice State Director for South Australia joining us today. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's great to be broadcasting with you again. And I must firstly put in an apology on behalf of Greg Bondar because... uh, He's not able to be with us today, so uh, I'm hopeful that you and I will have a fantastic discussion nevertheless. And Greg not feeling the best and uh, recovering, and so Greg, uh, all the best to you, and uh, we'll be expecting a a great and fast recovery. Uh, Let's talk about some of the issues that are going on. Let's start with the federal government's tabled its response uh, to the House of Representatives' Age of Innocence report on the dangers of easy access to online pornography and wagering uh, to children. Uh, what were your impressions about the government's attitude here, David? Well, now we're very grateful that the federal government is seeing sense on the matter. I don't know why it's taking so long. We've been fighting this battle for the last eight years to ensure that our children are as protected as possible through the better management of online opportunities to get into mischief, shall we say. The mobile phone, the tablet, the notebook computer, they're just ubiquitous. They're in schools, they're in kids' pockets, they're all all over the place. And it's so easy for young people to access pornography, uh, online gambling and other harmful things. Totally inappropriate for them to have that access Um, So we're very pleased that the federal government is recognising that there is a need and that something should be done. Well, age verification is the issue here, isn't it? And it's Mm. not without Mm. problems, it's not foolproof, but it does create a layer of protection. And uh, if children are important to us, then this is a no-brainer, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Uh, The government's got to figure out how to provide that verification uh, Britain has been leading the way, so they have made some good groundwork for us to look at and to see what's working and what isn't working. Uh, and it's simply a matter of uh, of the person who wants to uh, access pornography, uh, heaven forbid. Uh, but the uh, it's up to that person to, to opt into schemes or else to prove their age. So in Britain, there's uh, an opt-in proposal that they've been working on and that is something for our federal government to consider. And the other alternative, of course, is uh, age verification. And they've got to figure out a technological solution to that problem. But uh, the provision of a driver's licence number, you can you can look up your driver's licence, as it were, online these days. And uh, there is opportunities for online recognition of people's identity, which will ensure that uh, young people are not able to access this harmful material. Well, uh, I think there'll be those who'll be comforted by the idea it's a little more uh, sophisticated than just tick a box online. As you say, there's some other ways you can get some verifications happening. Uh, Some have said to me in talking about this issue, David, uh, 18 months 
away from the government actually deciding what to do and however that implementation might happen. But they're saying it's taken too long to, for that to happen. Any thoughts around the timing? Yeah, I do not understand why the government has taken so long. Uh, it should be something of bipartisan agreement. Uh, it's a common sense approach. And uh, there will be a few diehard libertarians out there who don't like these kind of laws. But uh, the the ordinary mums and dads out there do want their children to be protected. And so I don't understand why it's taking so long, but that's government for you. Having said that, of course, the role of parents is paramount in ensuring that our children are protected because there are always smart whiz kids who can find uh, technological ways around some of the barriers that can be established. And really what we need is the law of God being written in the hearts and minds of children as well as on the statute books. And so it's really up to parents to to train their children so that they are uh, sort of fireproof is, is the word that comes to mind, They're fireproofed against some of these harms. Because after all, when they get older, when they do turn 18 and when age verification is not an issue, do we want them still accessing inappropriate material? Obviously not. So it, it really boils down to family. Well, it's not a replacement for parental responsibility. There are those who love to cast all the responsibility onto the government. Uh, of course, that's not the case. And you're saying parents uh, take responsibility here because whatever measures are put in place, it won't be as good as the ones that you can implement yourself and the relationship right. that you can build with your own children. Hey, there's big, big issues happening around this idea of big tech and cancel culture, and uh, one of our regular guests on 2020 is Bill Muhlenberg, Christian cultural commentator, one of the best that there is. And uh, mm. Bill's been blocked on Facebook. He's been uh, what he calls sin-binned or in Facebook jail many times. Uh, now it seems to be a more permanent termination from Facebook. Is this a new development you're seeing around the place too, David? Yes, Bill uh, is a man to be listened to, and for that reason, he is not appreciated by the mainstream culture. Um, so uh, he has been in trouble before, but this time he, he's really in trouble. And um, yeah, so it's part of a, a whole worldwide move towards uh, silencing those whose views are politically incorrect. But we need that freedom. We need that freedom to hear the word of God. We need that freedom to hear uh, innovation, um, because everything that's new uh, could well be offensive to reason, and we laugh at things and then eventually we adopt them. Um, so we need to hear that voice on the margin, that prophetic voice, and it's, uh, it's, Bill's going to have to find some alternative platforms. Having said that, of course, uh, I think that we also need as Christians to be very careful in how we phrase things, how we express ourselves, after all, Jesus said that we should be as wise as uh, serpents and uh, as gentle as doves. So we need to be very careful how we how we introduce the faith, how we introduce the convictions that we have. So um, yeah, that's a that's the other side of the coin, if you like. But we also need uh, free expression, freedom of speech uh, is one of the cornerstones of Western civilization. If we take that away, then all is all that's left is just smile gently at each other and never challenging, challenge each other. So that would be hopeless. 
We often think of freedom of speech as being important and uh, we often will talk about it as something that could be coming that you might lose your freedom of speech. When this happens to prominent commentators like a Bill Muhlenberg, you could even say the loss of freedom of speech is here and it's happening in a substantial way. What are your thoughts for the the pace by which this might well now be uh, picking up? Yes, it's both in technology giants such as Facebook and other social media platforms, but it's also now in the culture. And I think of, of our own adult children, when the marriage debate was on, they had conservative views. They didn't want to get into the debate because they didn't want to be named and shamed. And so there's a contraction of free speech here. There were also people who were in trouble with their employees, um, their employers, I should say, because uh, of the views that they were holding with regard to these issues. Or if they would post something on Facebook and their employer was not pleased with that, they could be in trouble. So we have we have already started to see a, a huge erosion uh, and it's a contraction of freedom, a contraction of free speech uh, and that, that is most unhealthy for any society. David, Bill says, I am now persona non grata in the eyes of Facebook and uh, he says, my actual crimes are still a mystery to me. So You've got this idea of big tech, social media companies, without any explanation. So there's no rule of law. There's no mm. uh, there's no judge and jury who is mm. saying what's right and wrong here. It's just a matter of uh, let's just cancel you now. That idea yeah. of silencing your critics, that's got to be dangerous, not only for our whole society in Australia, but, of course, this is dangerous for the world, isn't it? Yes. Well, Voltaire famously said, I disagree with you, but I'll fight to the death. Uh, in order to preserve your freedom of expression. So that mentality seems to have gone out the window. So Bill is being judged not on the veracity of what he's saying or whether there's any tangible harm as a result of what he's saying, but because people don't like what he's saying. So uh, that's a huge departure from our historic approach to managing tensions within society because we've always said that you're free to speak, but if, if you defame someone or damage their reputation or... Uh, engage in sedition or stirring up dissension in that respect, uh, then the law would step in. But without real harm and and without uh, raising uh, the reality of the issue, then we, we simply have a shutdown of free speech. And people can still find Bill Muhlenberg on the on the online. Uh, you can Google and find a face. Uh, you can find uh, Bill Muhlenberg's Culture Watch. But uh, yes, a lot of people have connected uh, uh, with him through Facebook, and uh, of course that mm. becomes uh, one less way that people can access an alternative to the sorts of things they're being fed uh, in mainstream media. Hey, let's talk through some other big things. Uh, you've had your eye on issues around uh, President Joe Biden's uh, budget uh, spending, uh, total $6 trillion, uh, but uh, talking about it as an insult to women across uh, the US, replacing the term mother with birthing people. Uh, what's uh, What are your thoughts about what's developing in the US here, David? Well, unfortunately, the president is following the culture, and the culture is now being infected by radical thinking where we are rejecting the binary nature of humanity. Uh, now, Jesus points us back to Genesis. He says, have you not read that in the beginning the Creator made them male and female? And so that's just the reality. It's the biological reality. 
But that doesn't seem to suit our politically correct world where we want to have unisex bathrooms and unisex sport and we, we want to deny the binary nature of reality. And so, unfortunately, President Biden has got on the bandwagon there and uh, as part of his $6 trillion budget, uh, it's a huge budget, uh, there is this uh, requirement that uh, it's important to not call women mothers, even though at Family Voice we've just uh, awarded the Mother of the Year Award. Uh, we're not going to give the, the birthing people uh, of the year award. It's just ridiculous. I mean, the mother the word mother is one of the most beautiful words in the English language, but even that is no longer sacred. Well, there's this expression when we talk about the formation of culture. If you change the language, you change the culture. It's words and language that help us to communicate with one another and agree with one another or disagree with one another, but that's what creates culture. And so what we're seeing when we talk about the idea of even a cultural revolution that's going on, these sorts of changes, uh, replacing the term mother with birthing people, this is a major cultural change and one, I guess, uh, once again, has to be resisted. How do you resist, though, David? I mean, uh, yes. this, uh, this, this sort of thing makes the headlines, and it's like, well, isn't the world influenced by that? Mm. Well, in the same way that um, the online pornography uh, matter has got to be dealt with both legislatively and also in the family, so too our thinking about biological reality has got to be positively shaped by the law and the requirements of government, but also by the family. And I think back to when our, our children were little, our, our two boys, especially when they were little, when they were upset, they would run to their mother for comfort. And nothing that I could do would make any difference. They'd push me away if they were they'd fallen over and hurt themselves and they would want their mother. And I've often wondered why that was, but there's a bond that they had with her that I could never have. They were inside her. They suckled at the breast. And uh, that's a wonderful statement about how God has made the world. We should rejoice in the difference between male and female, rejoice in the gift of motherhood and fatherhood. Uh, our boys would look to me, for example, rather than to their mother, for example. So you can see the, the wonderful difference of role there. It's the way God has made the world, and we need to restore that in family and demand it of our governments. Well, uh, talking mothers, uh, listeners will know uh, Barnardo's relinquished the opportunity that they had to uh, honour the Mother of the Year. Family Voice Australia stepped in earlier this year and said, we'll take on that awards. And uh, you've been through that uh, just in the lead up to Mother's Day. Mother of the Year announced and uh, Layla Abdallah. And you've got a special lunch coming up uh, presentation uh, with Layla Abdallah. That's coming up on the mm. 23rd of June. What's happening with that? Yes, that's a lunch in Sydney. And uh, we're looking forward to honouring uh, Layla there for her remarkable mothering qualities, especially the way in which she was so ready to forgive the killer of three of her children and uh, a nephew was lost as well, a drunk driver, just to, just to remind the listeners of the background of the story there. So we, when we heard about that, uh, we were so pleased to award her with our first uh, Mother of the Year award. So if any of the listeners in Sydney would like to attend that lunch, just jump online, go to the Family Voice Australia website, just click on the events tab and all the details will be there. So we really look forward to honouring Lila as a tremendous mother.
And uh, just can't let this go past. Uh, on Monday, it's going to be the Queen's birthday public holiday in all states and territories except for WA and Queensland. Uh, a topic uh, that we could discuss is that actually it's today, it's the 100th birthday uh, or would have been the birthday, it's the birth date of uh, Prince Philip. And uh, you've got a thought or two around around this being quite a significant time and uh, for the Queen as well. Yes, well, this connects to the concept of motherhood, of course, because the Queen is really something of a mother uh, to the Commonwealth. She's the head of the Commonwealth and has kept that greatest family in the history of the world together uh, when there have been times of tension. And I think it's wonderful that we honour Queen Elizabeth as Queen of Australia and head of the Commonwealth, and that will be happening on Monday in most states. Queensland and Western Australia, they have a different date, which is their prerogative, but uh, most of Australia will be having a day off. And it's unfortunate that we, we enjoy these holidays, but we often don't give thought as to why they are special days. Really, the date of the Queen's birthday used to be called the King's birthday, and that's a phrase that we're going to have to get used to uh, sooner or later because not, none of us are getting any younger. But it was, in fact, the birthday of King George III. It was his 50th birthday in 1788 when the first fleet had arrived. And to honour the Crown and all the good things that come from the Crown, uh, we have this opportunity on Monday. And, uh, yeah, so I look forward to uh, to celebrating the Queen's birthday on Monday. There will be, of course, uh, a famous uh, football match, which happens on the day. But just in relation to this whole council culture matter that you've raised, Neil, I'm sorry to hear that uh, one of the colleges of Oxford University has decided to take down the picture of the Queen from the students' common room. So they've all voted and they said, oh, that's just an emblem of colonialism. Well, I, I, lo- I love to see pictures of the Queen. I have one on display in my office just to remind me to exhibit grace under fire. When I'm feeling a bit stressed through whatever reasons, I often look at that picture and think, well, now what would what would the Queen do? How would she respond so graciously? And um, the, the Queen is Queen of Australia by the grace of God. That's written into black letter law in the Royal Style and Titles Act. Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, Queen of Australia, head of the Commonwealth, which refers to the Commonwealth of Nations. So uh, I think we will well serve to have Elizabeth as our Queen, and long may she reign, and uh, it will be something of a sad day uh, as she contemplates uh, the 100th anniversary of, uh, of Philip's birth. He always said famously he never wanted to get to 100, so I suppose he got his, his wish, and uh, she never got around to send to sending him a telegram, but uh, uh, these are all interesting thoughts for us uh, to ponder on Monday especially. Well, a lot of listeners will be right on side with the sentiments that you deliver, David, and uh, just to uh, reinforce that the Queen of Australia, Queen Elizabeth II, Her Majesty the Queen, is in fact a woman of faith and in fact will go down as one of the most exemplary Christian figures of history. Uh, She has been a most magnificent uh, Christian leader in the role that she has Mm. and uh, just listen to any of her special speeches that she does at various times through the year and uh, she always has a wonderful reflection on Christian faith and the encouragement to people everywhere whether they be a part of church or not uh, to acknowledge God. 
Let me point mm. people to Family Voice Australia website, familyvoice.org.au. David DeLima, our guest today, the Family Voice Australia State Director for South Australia. David, wonderful getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.